Hi. Hello. Welcome to the Authentic Distractions Podcast. Brought to you from Tucson, Arizona. Tucson, Arizona. T-Town. The T-Town. Dirty Tucson, Tucson. Coming from... Coming at you. We're just a mom and a daughter who like to watch a lot of TV and talk about it and just see what's up. Authentic distractions because the world is sometimes crappy and horrible and hard to get through. And sometimes you just need an hour of just let's put it all to the side and just relish in the talent and loveliness of other people. Yeah, so just sit back with us. We do want to say that this is a full of spoilers podcast. Yes. We don't know how to say anything without spoilers. So if you are not caught up on what we're talking about, go ahead, pause this, go catch up, and we will see you when you come back. Yes. Thanks for joining us. Hello. Hi. We're back. We're back. Or we're here depending on how quickly I do and upload these and which one comes first. It's anyone's say. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Okay. Welcome to Authentic Distractions. I'm Carly. This is my mother, Holly. I almost said this is my mother, Mom. Wow. (laughs) This is my mother, Mom. This is my mother, Mom. Heartwarming. Anyway, this is my mother. And we... Authentic Distractions. Have been gone. (laughs) We've been gone a long time. Really long time. But we're back. Stick to our brand. Where we are offering, clearly, a distraction of the authentic nature. Mm-hmm. You are welcome. Wow, this is an inauthentic distraction. We really mean this. We really mean it. Uh, listen, if there was ever a time where the world needed an authentic distraction, it is now. We are not getting into it. We know you know what we are talking about. And um, so this is a bonus episode. It's a bonus episode. Mostly, I felt real bad. We've been gone a long time. We've been with, yes. So. And I want to say that um, if you are just now finding us, or maybe you are just now rejoining us, I don't know your status, um, what you need to know is everything that we put out here in the um, universe, it's, it's not scripted, folks. <laughs> it is not scripted. And this episode is no different. Right. This is a bonus episode where we just felt like, hey, maybe some people just need some recommendations. We have stuff to do. Stuff to do. So I said, hey, maybe we need to do some recommendations. And Carly said, okay, we're going to each come to the bed, because that's where we record, of three things. Something to read, something to watch, something to hear. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, and 30 seconds later we hit record. And that's how we do it. And that's how we do it. That's how we roll. And so what you're going to hear now is some authentic conversation, off the cuff, not scripted, not thought out, which maybe we should do that, is actually think I thought about it long enough it. for you to change your pajamas. Um, I am back into, yes, I'm in my pajamas. I'm in some warm clothes. I was in some summer clothes earlier. Now I'm in some warm clothes. And we're going to talk about three things that we're each going to bring. Something to read, something to watch, something to hear. So what are we going to do first? Do you want to go and do all of yours? And then I'll no, go I do think all we should mine. Do like or read, should we stagger? Read, watch, okay, watch, okay, okay, okay. Let's, let's do a read. Okay, we're going to do a read. Do you want to go first or you want me to go first? Uh, you seem really excited. You go well, first. Well, I was pretty excited that you gave me this challenge and I was like, got it. 
Yeah, and you I knew right away, and I was like, it. okay, do you want to do it? And you were like, uh, now? And I was like, uh-huh. All right, so my choice for something to read is the book called The Extraordinary Life of Sam Hell, a novel, and it is by Robert Dugoni. Tell me or about it. Dugoni. Who's to say? Dugoni. He is, probably. I think he probably knows. <laughs> and um, that's what matters. I read this book a long time ago. I have the memory of the goldfish, mm -hmm. so there's going to be very little spoilers because I don't remember a whole Good. lot. But I will tell you, here's here's the thing about my memory. I do not always hold on to details about things, mm -hmm. but I can always tell you um, if it sticks with me, it sticks with me in a very organic way in mm -hmm. that it, I like respected it or loved it. In, like, a way of, like, how it made me feel. Right. Okay. So, here is the overview. His new novel, The Extraordinary Life of Sam Hell, Lake Union Publishing, is a sensitive coming-of-age story about a boy born with ocular albinism, red pupils, who is tormented by his classmates and grows up to be an ophthalmologist. Okay. As something I say a lot, red pupils... That's really rock and roll. That's dope right? as hell. That's, I want to be that guy's friend. That's cool. And have you read this book? I have not. Okay, so it is, um, Sam Hell is an inspiring tale about a, board, a boy born with ocular albinism, which makes his eyes appear red. Now, here's what's interesting about this. Not only has he got the red eyes, right, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but he is born to a devout Catholic mother. Oh, so she's not she, happy about that. Oh, no, but listen, she's amazing, and she... Um, enrolls him in Catholic school. He's going to be a good little Catholic boy. And his um, schoolmates call him Double Boy. And so he kind is... Kind of a sick nickname. <laughs> Sam faces bullies of all sizes and all ages, and he stands up to them with remarkable strength throughout his adult life. Very cool. This book is so touching. Sam Hell, you are going to love him. Don't I know. Can't, I can't know. talk about He's anything so with you. Good. Um, Robert Dugoni, Dugoni, I don't know how to say his name. He weaves these characters. They are believable. Mm -hmm. You will be absolutely rooting for them. I can't look at you right now. <laughs> I know. It's a lot for me. All right. Um, some of the quotes. That will tell you how great of a writer this guy is. There comes a day in every man's life when he stops looking forward and starts looking back. We cool. live through the quiet, intimate moments that mark not our calendars, but our hearts. That. Extraordinary life of Sam Hell. Okay. So cool. Good. All right. What is yours? I'm going to shift things a little bit. Uh, mine is Jane Anonymous by Lori Faria Stolars. I, again, don't know if that's how you say her name. But let me read you the synopsis before I get into it. Jane Anonymous is a story of a 17-year-old girl who got abducted and was held captive for seven months before finally escaping. The book is told in alternating timelines between then, during captivity, and now, after escape. It is a girl's journey through healing and recovery. Wow. Um, this book I read, and I'm not a fast reader compared to my mom who reads things really quickly or my sister who also reads things really quickly. I read this book in two days. Wow. Um, I could not put it down. 
It was so, so good. Jane uh, is writing this as, like, her therapy uh, because she doesn't actually want to go to therapy. And she is writing it to sort of sort through everything that has happened to her. And I do just want to give, like, a uh, trigger warning. This book is, I mean, it deals with, obviously, kidnapping and there's sexual stuff in it. There is self-harm in it. Um, death. Um, so I do want to give a trigger warning if you're not, like, into that sort of stuff. You're not going to like it. But the psychology of how she survived in captivity also becoming how she survives after captivity is really interesting. She does things like she gets back to her old house. They haven't changed anything. And she paints all of the walls gray. She changes all of the furniture. She gets a table that specifically reminds her of the table that was in her room when she was in captivity. So it's a lot of like psychological of like what she needs to feel comfortable being a person. Um, and I'm trying to find some quotes for you because this book is just full of them. Um, let me see. Maybe my words will somehow help save some poor soul from making the same mistakes that I did. And then she also writes about her kidnapper. The rain made him look defenseless somehow. How did you find this book? Um, I found this book through a... It was like an article of like the most exciting reads coming towards... Into 2020. Um, it came out in January, so it's only been out for a little while. Um, but as soon as I read the synopsis, I was like, I have to read this. And the author, who's written loads of other books, she's very, very talented, um, but actually grew up, what she's most known for is a Supernatural series, and she grew up in Salem, Massachusetts. Oh, interesting. And I am obsessed with Salem, because yeah. I love witches. Um, right. What do you recommend for watching? Watching. Well, if you load the Roswell, New Mexico episode of Authentic Distractions, I mentioned this in this episode, I'm going to circle back and mention it again, because it's a show that I find myself waiting for. Mm -hmm. I don't under understand who, the life of Hulu. Um, greetings. They only <laughs> load one episode at a time. It's because it is also, it's because it's being shown concurrently on network television. Because Netflix will just give you the whole thing and you can It's binge. not a Hulu show. It's a network show. I don't care. You have to wait like, like everyone else. What are we, does. living in the 1990s? Like, just put them all on there. I don't even understand. Okay. There's actually, I mean, I'm going to stick with my original one, but when I say that, I will, I will give a little bonus one as well. A bonus? Yes. So, Party of Five. Mm-hmm. Uh, another reboot mm -hmm. show, um, which I think that everybody's kind of hitting this reboot of what, you know, bringing back old favorites. I watched the original Party of Five faithfully, rewatched them when they became available on Hulu, Hulu. or Netflix, whichever one. Um, loved it. Party of Five. The new one they have brought in to be very, um, timely. 
in that instead of the parents dying, like they did in the first, the OG, um, parents were deported. Mm -hmm. And so it's a whole immigration story, mm -hmm. which is very timely right now in the world that we live in. I don't know any of the actors' names, haven't learned them <laughs> yet, because that's my brand. I haven't done any research on it, but this show is heartbreaking. It's just heartbreaking. The whole, it's bringing to life what should have been brought to life this whole time of like, that people are really dealing with this mm -hmm. issue. Um, it's very sweet. It's very well written. Very well acted. Um, party of five. Okay. That's my pick. Have they gotten into Bailey's drinking problem? No. Um, so they're being pretty good about the original characters, kind of who they were. Mm -hmm. So Charlie was the original older brother in the, and he's, not ready to grow up, has to grow up really fast because he has to take over raising these these siblings. Um, the character, which you should probably pull up as I'm talking, figure <laughs> out what their name is because, oh, what's his name? You should call your sister in here because she watches it with me. Um, but he was going to be a singer, had to grow up really fast. Um, Bailey's original he was supposed to he just was like the stand-up guy and then he ends up going through a, a, a drinking problem his biggest problem right now is a girlfriend that is too serious too fast and she's got a lot of problems she's coming from kind of a background that's a little messed up charlie's new name is emilio <sighs> Milo, yeah. bailey's new name is beto beto mm -hmm. what is ned campbell's name in the original? Mm -hmm. No, Sarah's Bailey's girlfriend. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Okay, Neb Campbell's <laughs> is Lucia. And the other little sister, Gretchen? Is Valentina. Valentina. And the baby. And the baby. <laughs> Who's not listed because it's a baby. Yeah. Um... Claudia is in the original one. Claudia, and who's the other one? Claudia is Valentina. Right. And then Nev Campbell's is... Anyway. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I told you this was not scripted. Clearly it is not. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Party of Five. Party of Five. They've done a really good job, I think, of not making light of a very serious, um, timely social issue. And... The sibling relationship, the relationship between the parents. So the parents got deported and um, them trying to make it in Mexico. Oh, are you seeing that? Yeah, we're That's seeing fun. that. Um, we're seeing how they're dealing with missing each other. Um, the last episode was they went to Mexico to see the, the um, Valentina runs away. To Mexico? And they catch her at the border and they end up going. And Emilio can't go because he... His, He's a dreamer. Right. And so he can't go. And so they all go without him and Valentina and the baby end up staying. And so they're going to be separated now. And so they... Wrote out Claudia and the baby. <laughs> no, I think that they're going to end up back. But I think that that's where we are now. Interesting. It is heartbreaking. And it makes me cry. 
If you're gonna cry while talking about this again, I'm not I'm gonna so, cry. I'm cutting this episode. <laughs> but I'm not gonna cry. But it's really, really well written, and it's good. It's really good, and I and I think they're staying close enough to the original to make it. If you loved the original, you're gonna you're gonna really root for these guys. Okay. Yeah. Um, my watch is again going in a very different direction. Um, I'm gonna guess it. You're gonna guess it. Mm-hmm. Okay, guess it. The mothership, the motherland, the no. I haven't watched the episode yet. I was gonna watch it last night, but I knew I had to go to bed early because I got called in for work, and I was like, I really want to be able to sit with this. <laughs> so it. I haven't watched it yet. Um, but my new watch is, it's actually older. It's been out for a little while. It's called Alias Grace. And it is a, on Netflix, it's a limited series, which means there's like six episodes. Um, and it's a story all in itself. There's no like seasons to it. But it's from a Margaret Atwood book. Margaret Atwood wrote The Handmaid's Tale, which is something that I'm not allowed to watch because it will make me too angry at men. Um, I hated that book. And will not watch the series. Okay, well, Alias Grace is also a Margaret Atwood book. They did such a good job of sticking with the book. But it's so good. It's set in, like, early America. Like, Civil War era. So, late 1800s. And this girl has spent 15 years in a women's prison being convicted of murder and they have are trying to appeal her sentence to get her released because all of these like religious people people in the church are thinking that she's too she's too young and that basically that she was too stupid to know that she was committing a crime and so they bring in a psychologist to study her and see if to basically see if she's able to be released and if she should be. Um, the relationship between the psychologist and Grace is really interesting, especially for the time. Grace is like a really modern woman. Um, and she is like an Irish immigrant um, who had to leave her family really early and send back money to them. She lost kind of the only friend that she had in her adult life. Um, was put into some really terrible situations and it kind of goes through the psychology of well if you're put into this terrible situation do you also do terrible things or do like do you stay consistent um, and there's also a paranormal aspect um, of people believe that she had like a demon inside of her um, and this psychologist is kind of captivated by her and is put under her spell. And in the end, you don't actually know if she did it maliciously or if she was a pawn in someone else's game or if it was all a big accident. Um, I binge watched it in like two days and I've been reading the book and they told the story so, so well. And if you ever watched the movie Kingsman, um, the psychologist, Dr. Jordan, is played by one of the spies in Kingsman, and he is very dreamy. Just great. He's got the jaw and the nose. He just looks great. Um, and Grace is very interesting because you hear her inner monologue and versus what she says to the doctor. 
um, because he is trying to trigger these, like, repressed memories. She says she can't remember anything. These repressed memories. So he presents her with, like, an apple. And she's like, I know he wants me to say that I, it makes me think of the root cellar where we would keep the apples and where they dumped the bodies. And she was like, I know that's what he wants me to say, so I'm not going to say it. And, like, she's very, very smart. Oh, it's just so good. It's so Who's good. The cast? Um, let me look it up. I, oh, the only person I recognized was the psychologist. Um, but let me tell you. God, it's so good. So you can find it on Netflix. Um, Sarah Gordon plays Grace. Anna Paquin plays one of the victims. Edward Holcroft is the name of the guy who plays the doctor. Zachary Levi has a small part in it, um, and it's just fantastic. Paul Gross, you know, uh, Rebecca Lydiard plays her friend, who is just cute as a button. Based on the 1996 Margaret Atwood novel, tells the story of young Grace Marks, a poor Irish immigrant and domestic servant in Upper Canada who is accused and convicted of the 1843 murder of her employer and his housekeeper. Stablehand James McDermott is also convicted of the crime. McDermott is hanged, but Grace is sentenced to a life in prison, leading her to become one of the most notorious women of the period in Canada. The story is based on actual 19th century events. And so that's what's really interesting about it as well is... It is based in fact. So the pamphlet that they read from about the crime is a replica of the original pamphlet that was put out in the news. And the kind the flashbacks to the uh, trial, she's saying like the actual confession that this person gave in the 19th century. It is so good. It's so well put together. Visually, it's a Netflix show, so it's beautiful. Um... And it's just a really interesting story of not knowing what actually happened. Interesting. All right. What do you want to hear, Ma? Well, I have um, recently discovered podcasts. Kind of new to the world of podcasts. Um, but found a, I don't even remember how I found it, but found the podcast called Dolly Parton's America. Mm-hmm. Um, it is 10 episodes, I believe. I'm going to just read the synopsis for you. Kind of gives you the, the what's up of it. It says, in this intensely divided moment, one of the few ever... One of the few things everyone still seems to agree on is Dolly Parton, but why? That simple question leads to a deeply personal, historical, and musical rethinking of one of America's great icons. Join us for a nine-episode journey into the Dollyverse. Hosted by Jad Ap... Ap- Abumrod, creator of Radiolab and More Perfect, Dolly Parton's America is co-produced by the uh, WYNC Studios, home to great podcasts like Snap Judgment, Death, Sex and Money, and Nancy. Um, So, Dolly Parton's America, I listened to all nine episodes, and what they have done in all nine episodes is they connect it to something else. Um, So they give you a good history. It's not just like, here is Dolly Parton's life, but it kind of gives you a history of how she has... Um, impacted um, culture, mm-hmm. pop culture. Um, so it starts with it, the first episode is called "Sad Ass Songs," and it gets like her earlier, her earlier stuff. Um, it goes into her relationship with Porter Wagner, how she kind of got started when she was big. Um, Tennessee Mountain Trance is about um, goes into being from Tennessee and her kind of her um, impact in that area. Um, 
neon moss where they actually visit her home and they kind of get into the Dollywood stuff. Cool. Dolly Ticks is about her interest, about politics and her, um, her, her uh, effect on that. Kind of gets into the nine to five years mm-hmm. and what an impact that was. Um, the one and only for me, Jolene, talks about that song. Um, romantic, when one of Dolly's most iconic and successful songs is Jolene, a song that at first listen is about a romantic rival trying to steal her man, uh, a prime example of the classic cheating song. But some see it as flipping a popular country music trope on its head. This idea takes shape when Nadine Hubbs, a professor at the University of Michigan, writes a fourth verse to Jolene, which makes us reimagine Dolly's song in entirely new ways. Um, Dolly's Wildflowers live music from the series, Dolly's part in America, they actually have at the University of Tennessee in Knoxville, there's a history class called Dolly Parton's America. And they, oh, that's they renew, sick. They um, interview people from that class and a lot of those um the people they interview are like from tennessee like from the same area right and they talk about the effect that um dolly had on their life um that was a really interesting one dixie disappearance the episode delves into the controversy surrounding dolly parton stampede formerly known as dolly parton's uh the dinner theater um where they it was a uh dinner theater that was kind of in the same world as like the uh, the nights where you go to the dinner. Oh, uh huh. It's that kind of thing. What am I? Th- you know what I'm thinking. I about? I uh, yeah. Um, I don't. It'll come to us. And maybe Carly will put it in. They have. You know what I'm talking about. I do. Um. It was called Dolly Parton's Dixie Stampede, a dinner theater that presents the Civil War as a friendly competition between neighbors. In the wake of the Charlottesville riots in 2017, the Dixie Stampede was called out by the press and then became embroiled in a larger national conversation about the Civil War monuments and the whitewashing of history. Dolly's business conglomerate decided to eliminate Dixie from the name, which caused further uproar. Dolly embodies a quivering mass of irreconcilable contradictions in a way very few Americans' figures do. Uh, but has America arrived at a place where such contradictions are no longer defensible or tolerable? And then Traveling Creatures, live music from the series, She's Alive, as Dolly will tell you so much of who she is and her creativity, her music, her stance on life, animates, animates? Um, from her faith, but what exactly is her faith? And the answer is deeply surprising. And in this episode, Dolly tells a story of finding God in an abandoned church filled with X-rated graffiti. And she speaks of her plans on how she'll be remembered after she's gone. How her voice will live on for the next 50, 100 to 200 years. I love that. Um, so if even if you're not a Dolly Parton fan, it's really interesting to hear how they thread it through history mm-hmm. because she's been an icon for so long. Yeah. And she's been huge for so long that her... Her music, who she is as a person, really has made a huge impact on pop culture. Um, and as someone who grew up with Dolly Parton music as part of my childhood, mm-hmm. part of who I was in the in the 80s, she was huge. Um, it made me just love her even more. I love Dolly. And huge fan. And they actually replaced a statue of the, I think it was the founder, but I might be wrong. Of the KKK, they had a statue of him in 
I don't know, whatever southern state that was, and they replaced it with a statue of Dolly Parton, and the whole internet was like, let's replace all of these statues of, like, Confederate Civil War people, let's replace all of them with Dolly Parton, because the internet loves Dolly Parton. Yeah, and I, she really has sustained a career that is, it, it it's been amazing. Her career in itself is amazing, and but we- she just is so not nonsense. Like she doesn't apologize for who she is. She doesn't try to politicize who she is. She mm-hmm. doesn't try to like, she just is who she is. She's just so sincere and genuine. And she just has like the stuff that is brought to her attention when they're talking about like mm-hmm. how she's made this great impact mm-hmm. in the world She's just so, like, she just doesn't take her own press very seriously. I love um, that. And it it's really interesting as, like, even in the time that she made, um, she really gets into the whole 9 to 5, which I remember that. Like, that was a huge movie for me when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and she really gets into working with Jane Fonda, who at the time very politically charged Jane Fonda's history. Still. And so she's, so th- she talks about that. Um, and it's just, she's just, it's really, really interesting and, um, amazing as to like who she is as not only a performer, but who she is like as a person, the story about the church, about finding God in the church that it is very, very, a very touching story. So anyway, yeah, that's my, my, what to hear. That would be my choice. Dolly Parton's America podcast. All right. Mine is a musical. Yeah? It's a musical soundtrack. The musical is called Six. That's right. Just Six. It's like Share. Mm-hmm. Um, the musical is a modern retelling of the lives of the six wives of Henry VIII presented as a pop concert. As each of the wives takes turns singing and telling their story to see who suffered the most due to Henry and should therefore become the group's lead singer. Oh, interesting. It is so fun. And as a child of the 90s, it's all about girl power. (laughs) They're like the Spice Girls. They're so cool. The costumes are amazing because they're all based on real garments that the women wore, like from portraits and stuff. Um, But it's all done as like a sort of futuristic pop star girl band they kind of all look like xenon the girls 21st century it's all like real weird skirts and they are like a a girl band so they do dances they introduce like their uh backup band is their ladies in waiting um and it's so much fun and i just listen to it in my car and i dance and i sing along um and it's so so good um my favorite song is Get Down, as performed by uh, someone whose name I cannot remember now, Anna, Anna of Cleves. So it's all about Anna of Cleves' story, about how she was, like, already royal, she had her own castle, she did whatever she wanted. Um, Henry saw a portrait of her and was like, I want that one. And she showed up and he was like, you don't look like your picture. And she was like, fuck you. I look great. I'm the fucking queen around here. I'm the boss. I do what I want. And he was like, I'm going to divorce you. And she still had her castle because she was still royalty. And so she just walked around and she put the portrait up in court so that everyone who walked through the court saw the portrait that Henry dumped her over. And she was like, I look just like that. That's me. I look great. And it is so good. Um, 
hilarious and then in the end the final song is just like we don't need a lead singer because we're all just a part of this we're all just six girls that want to have fun and want to retell history because all you know about us is this dude that we were married to he sucks we're the cool ones and it's like a song it's all about girl power and being together and every time I listen to the final song I just cry because I love girl friendship so much <laughs> um but it's so much fun and I just like dance in my car to it and like makes me feel like a bad bitch How'd you find it? Um, the musical got really, really popular because uh, it originated on the West End. It's an English musical. Um, so it got really, really popular in America when they opened it on Broadway. Um, and everyone was like, have you heard this? Their voices are insane. Their riffs are so, so good. They're able to like pull in history and with... Um, modern references so in the song in my favorite song she says like okay ladies now let's get let's get in reformation which is a beyonce reference and i love everything about that um it's so much fun and so i just like i like to listen to it in the car and when i'm getting ready to put makeup on it makes me feel like a powerful bad bitch nice six huh yes it's so good very cool so that is my what you should hear Excellent. All right. Well, we gave you some good uh, recommendations. Yeah. I'm going to be listening to six. That's yeah, you are. That I'm going to do first. <laughs> Sorry, and, my leg is uh, yeah. asleep. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed this bonus episode or uh, and hope that you enjoyed or will enjoy the Roswell 201 episode. Um, based on how quickly I can turn this around, um, I feel like you can do it. <laughs> I, I feel like something. Feel I got like a lot can. of balls up in the air. I got a lot going on. You can do it. A lot of eggs in my basket, as as it were. But um, yeah. So I hope you enjoyed it, and we will talk to you guys um, later. Bye. Bye.